It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Dagger! Here comes Pierce with five seconds left. Pierce with three. God, I love that intro. Such a good intro. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome to the Locked On Wizard Show. I'm your host, Ian Evans. Tons to talk about on today's episode. Going to hit up the NBA draft, specifically, who do the Washington Wizards draft? Who do they draft and why? Going to talk about a few prospects. Pretty much going to take up the entire episode talking about that. It's going to be a draft extravaganza. Uh, there are so many fits for this team, but there are, there are, I think, in my opinion, there's one player that could be an absolute superstar. So we're going to talk about a few players and then we're going to wrap up talking about one player who I think could absolutely alter this franchise. Quick, we're going to do housekeeping. For those of you that don't know, my name is Ian Evans. I am now a full-time host of the Lockdown Wizard Show alongside Becca Weinkert and Arthur Renault. There's been a shift of, shift of power, <laughs> shift of power, so to speak. Uh, the brilliant, the super professional Noah Getzel has decided to hand over the show full-time to myself, Becca, and Arthur. And we couldn't be more excited. We are so insanely psyched to not only get together every week and just talk about a team that we have been obsessed with since we've been, since, you know, since our childhood. I don't think, I don't think the word obsessed is, is overkill. Um, and even as adults, the, the team kind of just <laughs> controls our lives and our emotions kind of comes along with the territory of being a fan of this team. Um, but we're so excited for ourselves, for you guys, and to get you guys involved, get, to get the community involved, and 
have people from, think think Instagram, think Twitter, think Facebook, social media platforms, a lot of you guys, fans, on the show as guests to get your insight, to get your opinions, to get your outlook on the team because we want to hear it. We want everyone to hear it. And we want to create a tight-knit family community that everyone can kind of give their input on. So we're really excited, man. So psyched. It feels so good. It feels right. It feels like, it feels like coming home. <laughs> but uh, let's go ahead and jump into the draft. That's what this episode is going to be about. I want to touch on a few players very kind of quickly. I don't want to spend too much time on all of these players aside from the primary guy that I think is just franchise altering. He fits the t- he's not only is he the best player available, I think he also fits the team the best. So you have the best of both worlds. You have best player available and best player to fit your roster is currently constructed. I think he can come in right away and contribute, but I also think he's someone who down the road just has unlimited potential. He can have such an insanely high ceiling and he can be one of the missing pieces for the Wizards to actually contend for a title for the next three to five years. While Wall, while Beal, while Otto Porter, while Kelly Oubre are kind of in their prime, God, I just get giddy even thinking about drafting this kid. So let's go ahead and jump into it. I want to start with a player who a lot of people have mentioned on Wizards Twitter. A lot of journalists have mentioned our own Ben Standig. Ben Standig being a former host of the show. I think this would be a super good fit. So we'll talk about him real quick. It's Lonnie Walker, of course, the 6'5 guard out of Miami University. The U, if you guys can't see me right now, totally throwing up the U sign. (laughs) Um, 6'5", he's got a 6'11 wingspan. So already you're looking at the physical frame of this player and it's it's what you want. He's a guy who can come in and play the three and maybe even some nights, depending on the matchup, he can play the four too. But this is a kid who, at 6'5", with a near 7-foot wingspan, not only is he a slasher who just finishes violently at the rim, just emphatically, just he can throw it down over one or two or even three defenders, put them on a poster, which is something the Wizards just haven't had, aside from John Wall, in forever. But think of a guy who runs full speed, he just whips around the baseline from the corner, and shoots around to the wing full speed catches a pass from John Wall and falling to his right falling to his left doesn't matter which way effortlessly puts up a shot from 30 feet and he just knocks it down that's Lonnie Walker that's Lonnie Walker he's a kid who he's an insane athlete insane vertical leap finisher at the rim dunker he's not going to lay it up through contact he's going to try to finish through people But he's also someone who, on the move, think about Nick Young early in his career. This is going to be a weird comp for a lot of people, but a lot of Wizards fans will remember, and they'll recognize what I'm saying. Think of Nick Young in his first and second year under Flip Saunders, where all Nick Young was asked to do was curl around screens, shoot himself around screens. As soon as he caught the ball, you do not dribble. You don't hesitate. You just rise and you shoot over people. And that's kind of what Lonnie Walker could be. He would fit more of a modern NBA system today because of how effortless he can shoot the ball 
from distance. So this is a kid at 6'5", 7-foot wingspan, super athletic, defensively, moves well laterally. He can guard the 2, the 3, the 4, the, the, the 1. I don't think he could guard the centers of today's NBA, but he's someone who he could switch almost every screen with. I think that the combination of that defensively and then his offensive game, which is already kind of polished, you got a guy who can finish and he can stretch the floor. Two thumbs away up for Lonnie Walker. Totally be okay with him. All right, real quick, I want to touch on probably the most popular draft prospect in the entire draft for Wizards fans, uh, Robert Williams. So you're looking at a kid who is 6'9". He's kind of undersized for a center, and I think that's what he is in the NBA, um, even at his ceiling. He's a 5. I don't know. He's shown flashes of being a 4. He's shown flashes of a face-up game, a quick first step, the ability to pull up from like 16, 17, 18 feet and knock down the jumper. Um, but and, and his stroke is okay. I just don't know if he's going to improve enough to be the 4 of the future. But I think if you draft him to be your 5 in this era of – it's not a trend anymore – the NBA is in an era of positionless basketball. You've got people like Draymond Green playing the five for the Golden State Warriors. So you can get away with drafting this kid. He's going to be your five. Of the, he's going to be your center of the future. 6'9", he's got a seven-foot wingspan, 240 pounds, so he's super strong. He's a powerful finisher. This is the kid that is the lob target for John Wall. Every pick and roll, you John Wall either goes to he, – he manipulates the defense, he goes to the basket and finishes, or he lobs it up to Robert Williams, and Robert Williams just violently finishes over two or three dudes. This is the kind of kid that you draft who, whenever he's around the rim, he's going to dunk the basketball violently. He's the polar opposite of Marcin Gortat. He's someone who's just going to finish emphatically over, over everyone. Whether it's in the paint, in transition, he's got an insane lob radius. If John Wall, Bradley Beal, whoever in transition just throws the ball kind of close to him, he's going to catch it some way, somehow, with his 40-inch vertical leap, which is what Sean Kemp had in his prime on the Sonics. Just jumping out of the stratosphere, he's going to catch the ball and violently dunk the basketball over people. This is what you get with him. And defensively, he's shown the ability to guard in college. He was guarding the one, the two, the three, the four, and the five. He could switch on everything. His motor on defense was inconsistent. The effort wasn't always there. But when he was locked in and engaged, you could switch him onto everything. He compensates for everything with his length. He can switch. He can close out on shooters. And at the rim, his ability to block shots and erase people at the rim, is elite. And this is kind of like, it's almost like an, a mix between DeAndre Jordan and Clint Capella. He reminds me of DeAndre Jordan and his ability to powerfully finish just over people and in, just like put them on posters when it comes to offensive putbacks and being a lob target with an insane catch radius. And defensively, he reminds me of Clint Capella. He's fast, he's quick, he's agile. You can switch him on to multiple positions. He makes up for quicker guys with his length. He closes out on shooters with his close speed and his length. And at the rim and as a help defender, he comes out of nowhere. He just erases shots. With that being said, Robert Williams 
kind of reminds me, in a way, he's got more of a physical tool set. He's a little more athletic. But do you guys remember Thomas Robinson? That's, that's the worst-case scenario for the Wizards if they draft this kid. Thomas Robinson was coming out of Kansas, and everyone was so high on him. There were so many people that thought, don't draft Bradley Beal. Oh, my God, the Wizards can't draft Bradley Beal. Draft Thomas Robinson. He's the four of the future. He's so athletic. He finishes strong. He's got such a motor. The reality was he was just undersized dude who was punking kids who were like biology majors. <laughs> He's not in the league anymore, guys. He's not in the NBA anymore. He was picked fifth overall. That is the scary side of Robert Williams. If he doesn't develop offensively, if he doesn't get that 15-foot jumper going, if he doesn't have that face-up game, even then he could be the Clint Capella to John Wall's James Harden. But he could be Thomas Robinson 2.0. Scares the hell out of me. There's that. But guys, let's take a break real quick. I'm going to take a quick break. Message from our sponsor, On the flip side, we're going to end up talking about the guy, the one guy that I want the Wizards to draft so very badly, I can't even describe it. I would run through the streets with my hands in the air, screaming, I can't believe they did it. The Wizards, they did it. They drafted Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox, you guys. I'll see you on the other side after this quick break. Alright guys, welcome back. About to kinda kinda gonna wrap up at the end here. Talking about the prospect in this NBA draft that is so in my opinion, he is franchise altering. Maybe the missing piece, at the very least, he is one of the missing pieces that can help this Washington Wizards team compete for a title. For the next five years, while you have John Wall and Bradley Beal. Possibly, you know, despite any trade rumors or things trying to trying to get Kawhi, you probably have Otto Porter too. And when you have that core that's that talented and that good, you've got a chance if you can add some pieces. 
And the piece that I think the Wizards need to add with their number 15 pick this draft, it's Kevin Knox. And if all of these players, hypothetically, are still available at number 15, I don't even think you think twice about it. I don't think you pick Lonnie Walker. I don't think you pick a terrifying pick like a Mitchell Robinson. I don't think you pick even like a good scoring sixth man who's like super polished offensively out of Europe like Zanon Musa. You don't pick Robert Williams even. You don't even pick Robert Williams. You take Kevin Knox and you don't think twice about it. And the reason why, let's go ahead and get news strengths. You're looking at a kid, an 18-year-old kid out of Kentucky, super young. He's got unlimited potential. His ceiling is limitless. Who is 6'10". He's got a 7-foot wingspan. His standing reach is 8 feet 11 inches. That is nuts. Before even getting into the skill set of his basketball toolbox that he's got available to him and what he's good at, you're looking at a physical profile of a kid who is... Close to seven feet tall. He's got a seven foot wingspan. He's got an eight feet, 11 inch standing reach. And he's got a 37 inch vertical leap, which is good by NBA standards. Not elite. It's not like a, you know, it's not like a Robert Williams at 40 inches, 41 inches, but it's really good. It's in the top percentile. He's an athlete. So looking at Kevin Knox, his strengths. You've got a kid who is 6'10 with a 7-foot wingspan who, when he shoots from anywhere on the court, it is effortless. Such good elevation on a jump shot. He's got a high release point. And his off-shooting hand, it doesn't grip the basketball in the front. It doesn't grip it in the back. It's on the side. It's almost flawless. His stroke is legit. This kid is going to be able to shoot at the NBA level. He shot 36% for the season, but in the last eight games... The last eight games he played for Kentucky, he shot 46% from three. This is someone who catches and he releases super quickly. He shoots with confidence. He's long. He's got leaping ability. He's got good elevation on his jump shot. He can shoot over defenders. He can shoot over closeout defenders. And that leads me to his ability to attack closeouts too. Not the best ball handler. That's one of his weaknesses. He's got to work on it. He dribbles a little too high. On the perimeter, if he was trying to isolate, NBA defenders would just pick his pocket easily. But I don't think that's going to be his role to begin with when you look at how he would fit on this Wizards team. He, he's going to be a guy who's a spot-up shooter who runs in transition. He's a lob target with his length, his athleticism, his jumping ability either behind you or you lob it to near the basket. He's going to be someone who spots up in the corner or on the wing who's wide open after John Wall or Bradley Beal sucks in multiple defenders and distracts the defense. He's going to be someone who was asked to, by Scott Brooks, listen, Kevin, all I want you to do is run every time you can, every opportunity that we get, treat it like a track meet and finish at the rim get second opportunities, get offensive rebounds with your length. If we're in the half court, just wait. John Wall, Bradley Beal, they'll suck in the defense. They're a threat. You will have so many wide-open looks in this offense. Just shoot the basketball when you catch it. From the corner, from the wing, from the top of the perimeter, from all of those positions. 
So he is so valuable in today's NBA. And when you look at his on-ball defense, he literally can guard the one, two, three, four, and five. He is the type of player, he is so quick laterally, he can move his feet so well, he has such a low stance, and he's got such length. He is so long, he's just infinite arms and length. He is a nightmare for the opposing team in the passing lanes and at the rim. Contesting shots, he can recover to shooters because he has elite closing speed. That's someone people, something people like to talk about, specifically after Oladipo in the playoffs against the Cavaliers. It's almost like this new craze with advanced analytics. Kevin Knox closes so quickly. He is fast, he's quick. He's got leaping ability, and he's got length. He can recover to shooters on the corner and on the perimeter for the three-point line. And as a help defender, he's a nightmare for the opposing team. And he could even be a rim protector. This is what I think you draft Kevin Knox as long-term. I know it's bold. I know it's a risk. I know he's got some shortcomings. But if you draft him as the team's five going forward... You kind of eliminate some of his weaknesses. What is his weaknesses? Ball handling. Okay, well, he's going to be the five. And you guys are going to play five out. So you don't have to really worry about him handling the ball too much. He can work on it. He's already working with Kevin Friedman. So that's going to help him tremendously. I think you're going to see kind of like a similar thing with what Kelly Oubre was working with, with his trainer in the offseason. He's worked with him for several years now. And I think you draft Kevin Knox as your five of the future if, if, Scott Brooks can stomach it if he's bold enough to do it. If he's bold enough to finally transition this Wizards team into actual positionless basketball. You know, it's up to Ernie too. Leonsis has some input. It's up to these guys, whether or not they draft a five who is 6'10". He can guard every position. He's fast. He's athletic. He's smooth. He's got touch. He can finish at the rim. He's got a great rotation and great release and great elevation on his jump shot. He can finish powerfully over guys. He can finish with touch through guys that are stronger than him. He's got the frame to allow himself to add muscle and get stronger in the weight room. This is a guy who can change your franchise. When you look at the possibility of a starting lineup that is just nothing but athleticism and speed and length and a terror in the passing lanes. When you look at John Wall, Bradley Beal, Kelly Oubre, Otto Porter, Kevin Knox, nothing but length and reach and athleticism, knocking balls away out of the passing lanes, erasing shots at the rim, getting out and making every game a track meet and just launching threes. This is what the Wizards need. Kevin Knox is what the Wizards need, and if he is there at the number 15 spot, they absolutely must select him, in my opinion. I'd be happy with the other guys I mentioned. I'd be totally okay with it. Kevin Knox has the highest upside. He's the best fit, short-term and long-term. And I don't even think it's close. All right, guys, let's go ahead and take a short break. And on the other side, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to talk about the Cleveland and the Boston series and kind of tie it into the Wizards' disappointing season. See you on the other side.
All right. I'm going to wrap up the episode here real quick. Talking about Cleveland and Boston. Everyone knows the Cavaliers are down right now. Zero games to two against a quote-unquote depleted Boston Celtics team, which I think is crap. They've done such a good job drafting young players. They've done such a good job signing veterans who are also kind of still in their prime, and they have so much to offer, like an Al Horford. Experienced guys like an Aaron Baines with such amazing coaching staffs. And then just drafting like super talented young players like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier. When you add all of that up together with just an absolutely brilliant coach, he might be unchallenged in his ability to draw plays after a timeout. Someone who is so creative and someone who sees the game so well, maybe only rivaled by Popovich right now. I really believe that. Maybe only rivaled by Greg Popovich, who's the greatest coach of a generation. It's not even close. I think at this point, people would put him above Phil Jackson. And I think Brad Stevens, he is right there. And it makes me wonder, when you look at LeBron James, and he's probably still the best player on planet Earth. I don't think you could really argue that. Even Kevin Durant, even Seth Curry, I think... I think LeBron is the best player on the planet. He is just so insanely good at basketball and every facet of it. He's got a bad roster, sure. They can't play defense for their life. They can't guard anything. Pick and roll, they're helpless. But they are so good at scoring because LeBron James is able to make the right plays all the time. He knows what the defense is going to do. He can read it. As a Wizards fan, it kind of reminds me of John Wall. It's like... He knows what the defense is going to do before they actually do it, so he decides to manipulate the defense and does what he wants. John Wall has done that for years for the Wizards. But when you look at the Eastern Conference this year, look at uh, the Indiana Pacers took the Cleveland Cavaliers to seven games. The Milwaukee Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks, which is basically like Giannis and a bunch of dudes, took the Celtics team that is two games away from the NBA Finals to seven games. Meanwhile, you've got a Washington Wizards team that's got John Wall, Bradley Beal, and Otto Porter in their starting lineup. They didn't do anything. They can't beat the Raptors, who are just like a disappointment. The Raptors are the Raptors. They choke in the playoffs. And for the first time ever, the Wizards didn't upset someone. They didn't perform as they should have. They let the fans down. They let everyone down. And that's kind of... It's kind of disappointing. There's such an opportunity this year. You look at the Cavaliers where they can't even play defense. So you know the Wizards would have been able to score however they wanted. All they would have had to do with this withstand LeBron. Which maybe they don't do. Maybe they don't do. You know, they lost to the Raptors. Although I would argue that the Raptors beat the Wizards but then lost to the Cavs because there's a psychological, huge psychological barrier between the Raptors and the Cavaliers. They feel like they can't beat them. The Wizards all year have played up to their competition and down to the competition. I don't. I still don't think they took the Raptors seriously. I think they had their eyes set on the Cavaliers. And I think that's stupid. I think that's a fault of the team. I think that's a fault of the team that's maybe always going to be there as long as John Wall and Bradley Beal are part of this team. It's just a part of who they are. They play up and they play down. But when you look at this Eastern Conference and you looked at the next five years, the next five years in the Eastern Conference. Who would you pick as the top teams in the East? Because for me, I'm thinking LeBron James is going to leave. So right away I'm thinking the Celtics as the top team in the East. And then what? 
Are you thinking the the Indiana Pacers with Victor Oladipo and Sabonis? <laughs> as impressive as they were, no offense to the Pacers. Teams have up years in this league. Teams have down years in this league. For me, you look at the talent. You look at who's on the roster. You look at the skill set. You look at what they're good at. Defensively, offensively, are they selfish? Are they unselfish? Do they share the ball? Do they run a good system? And it's the Celtics. And it's the Wizards. The Wizards have literally let people down one time. It's this year. Could you argue that they disappointed last year? I don't know. I think the Celtics are probably a better team. They were deeper. They had a better coach. I think you could argue maybe they were more talented than the Celtics last year. But when you look at the East right now, who has the most talent on their team? Who's the deepest team? The Celtics. Right? But when you look at the second most talented team in the East, let's say LeBron leaves. I think, I think he's going to leave. I think he's going to go to the Western Conference. Who is more talented in the Eastern Conference than the Washington Wizards? Does anyone have a John Wall? Does, does anyone in the East have a Bradley Beal? Does anyone have the glue guy that's as efficient as Otto Porter? That three-player core is so good. And the rest of the roster is really damaged right now. It's really bad. And they need to make changes. Gortat's not what he used to be. Keith had a really good season after being traded. And then he's kind of back to being Keith. There are trades that need to be made. There are selections in the draft that need to be made. There are pieces you have to make moves. You could stay put and draft, like I mentioned earlier. Who in the Eastern Conference is legitimately better than the Washington Wizards when you look at the roster, when you look at the talent, when you look at the last three to four years and what's been put together? They are right there with the Celtics. They are right there with the Raptors. And then after that, I think they're better than everyone else. The Sixers are young. You saw what happened to the Sixers. They need to grow. They need to mature. They need to experience loss and heartache and and painful upsets. They need to experience that. And they will. And they're going to be really good. The Wizards literally used to be the Celtics. Laughing stock of the league. Then they drafted a bunch of talent. And then, oh my God, they're upsetting people. And they're so talented. Oh my God, they're the future of the East. It's not always how it works out. People need to be careful crowning teams when they're that young and they're that inexperienced. You saw that in these playoffs. There's a big window for this Washington Wizards team as long as they keep the core that they have. They've got John Wall. They've got Bradley Beal. They've got Otto Porter. They've got a hungry Kelly Oubre going into a contract year. They've got Sadoransky coming off the bench, who's kind of become a gem. No one expected this of him. You can draft a really good player who can contribute right away and, and be better than what Marcin Gortat gives you at his old age. Not that he's not a good player. It's not a rip on Marcin. He's just, it's age. It happens to everyone. I think this team can still compete for a title and have an up year next year and shock everyone. And they can add pieces. Even with how crippled they are because of Ernie Grunfeld's stupid decisions and moves, they can add a meaningful player, whether it's through a trade. Maybe you give up the first-round pick and like a Kelly Oubre. Maybe you trade away Otto in a first-round pick. I don't know. To get a, a superstar back, to get an all-star back. But even if they stay put and they just pick the right player at number 15, they're setting themselves up to still have a window to contend for a championship in the NBA. And I think that's something that we as fans take for granted. 
you kind of saw it with the Capitals. They've got talent. They've got, they've got a combination of youth and veterans and talent and skill. And finally, they had the year that they needed. It wasn't even an up year in the regular season, but they turned it on in the playoffs because they had the personnel. They had the coach. They had the right people on the team to do what's needed to be successful on the ice. And I think with the Wizards, I don't know if, if comparing John Wall to Alex Ovechkin is that big of a leap. They're guys that just put up absurd stats, just insane stats in the regular season and in the playoffs. But there's not a lot of success because maybe they haven't had the right players around them yet. And now you're seeing on the Capitals, Alex Ovechkin, they're the, they're the favorites to win the Stanley Cup. And he's going to f- maybe, I think they will, finally do it, finally pull it off. I think John Wall is in the same boat. He's a once-in-a-generation talent who has a skill set that I think the Washington Wizards will never see again. You know, a player like him is not going to come along again. A guy with his vision, his ability to get past guys on the perimeter and finish at the rim, to find guys, eyes in the back of his head, his passing ability, his ability to lock in on defense on players twice his size and block them off of the backboard. We're not going to have a player like him ever again. He's once in a generation. I think people are starting to take John Wall for granted. But I think you need to look at the Capitals as a test in patience to what this team could be as long as they draft intelligently and they make changes and tweaks as needed over the next five years. All right, guys. It's going to wrap up the episode. It's a good it's a good episode. First one ever hosting. And I had to go solo, but it was fun. I feel like... Uh, I feel like a lot went down. I feel like we talked about a bunch. Please hit me up on Twitter at the real E-N-E. Becca is at Becca MVP and Arthur is at District Mamba. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Reach out to us. Give us your insight. Give us your opinions. Guys, thank you so much for checking out the pod. See you soon. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.